Hello and welcome to the Rethinking Sustainability podcast with Ben, Jazz and Dan. Navigating the complexities of sustainability one pod at a time. I'm Ben McCabe, founder of McCabe & Partners, a purpose-driven executive search and talent advisory. And I'm Josh Grinsing, founder of Recycle App, a recycling software platform that tackles the problem of waste going into the landfill. The, the aim of B Corp really is to be a business which is a force for good. So not only focusing on profitability, but also on other stakeholders within the ecosystem and to create a good impact on the world. We tell them, you know, sustainability is a new disruptor and it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. People thought, oh yeah, this is something that will go away. No, no, it's not going away. <laughs> this is here to stay. So are you ready to start the change now or you want to wait? It's up to you. The more you wait, the harder it's going to be. Part of the assessment, it's not just enough to answer the questions. It's really in the evidencing part where you have to put the work in. Documentation needs to be provided, underlining and validating what you're doing. You also have to explain how you're doing things. So it's a very thorough process. Hey Ben, how are you? Jazz, good to see you again. Yeah, how are you? Know, been a while. Uh, What's been happening since the last time I seen you? Uh, well, more importantly, Man City have done the treble. <laughs> I had to put that in there. I set myself up there for the. That's it. For the for the. Yeah. How are we doing this podcast together? We've got a Man City, Man United fan, an Indian and Pakistani. We're breaking down all the uh, the barriers to entry. Surely. Well, I mean, that's that's the point of the podcast, isn't it? Uh, breaking barriers to sustainability. We do that for football. We do that for nationality. Yeah. And sustainability. Inclusive. I like it. Yeah. 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 A uh, couple of big things have happened. We've got more events happening this week than people can attend. Yeah. Which is the uh, road to COP is very long and winding. Which is why I'm very excited to get our guest today. Yes. Because Road to COP28 is riddled with sustainability initiatives. We've got a really big sustainable initiative today here. Do you want to do? Intros? Intros? Yes. Uh, absolute pleasure to welcome two ladies I've known very, very well personally and professionally for a couple of years now, actually, who have been instrumental to my own journey as a, can we call it a startup, two and a half years old now nearly, uh, possibly. Uh, but yes, we've got Esther and Hunkel, the co-founders of Kadira Consulting, uh, an ESG-driven business um, who are really raising awareness around the benefits of becoming a B Corp, which here in the region is relatively unknown. But yes, welcome to the podcast, Esther and Hunkel. How are you both? Uh, very well, thank you, Ben. Thank Good. Thank you very much and thank you for having us here today. Absolute pleasure. Uh, Hi. Hi, Ben and yes. How, how are you? <laughs> it's great to be here. Well, let me get right into it. I want to know what you said, B Corp, uh, yeah. ESG. Sorry, could you repeat that again? Yes, B Corporation. Um, B Corp as a movement are, yeah, it's a global certification that, you know, you probably have B Corp brands in your house, in your cupboard at home. Uh, there are huge organizations out there that you probably would never have thought of. So B Corp, what is B Corp, Esther and Hunkel in a nutshell? <laughs> Who wants to go first? So B Corp is a global movement. 
It's been originated about 15 years ago in the US and it's more than 6,000 companies who are certified B Corps. It's managed by B Lab, which is a non-profit organization with um, offices around the world. And um, the, the aim of B Corp really is to be a business which is a force for good. So not only focusing on profitability, but also on other uh, stakeholders within the ecosystem and to create a good impact on the world. Amazing. And what got you both uh, to this point? Obviously, your backgrounds obviously probably led partly to this journey. Esther, I know that you're very active. You know, you're an angel investor. You've obviously got an interesting background with EY. Is that right? Yeah. And, and Hunkor yourself, you've got a, a very strong professional background. But how, how did you two meet? What sort of brought this whole initiative together? Uh, so Esther and I, we were investors and working at the same time in a, a sustainability startup here in Dubai. We met through there. We connected, I think, very well on the way that we complement each other working together. Um, so one day um, Esther approached me and said, I have done the B Corp uh, training to become a B leader. It was super interested. Uh, I love I what is all of it. And I actually look into it and I actually went through the training myself and I said to Esther, this is fantastic. And we got together, brainstormed for, I think, six weeks. What can we do with this? The different ideas came up. You remember everything under the world. And I said, let's just keep it simple. Let's just bring awareness in the region on the movement and let's try to, to get as many companies certified in the region. So this is our aim goal, our objective. And I think hopefully we are going to get there. <laughs> so how many companies do you have now certified in the UAE? Uh, two. Oh no, that's your company. I'm talking three. about just overall B Corp. No, no. Three, three companies in the UAE have been B Corp certified. Oh wow, so it's a very young, young industry here. Yes, yes. And why would a company, I know you mentioned do you know the initiatives that you want to carry out but yeah. why would a company want to be a b corp what's the what's the advantage of of just being being a b corp also i have an issue with the name by the way uh, i mean if you want to be the best of the best why not say a corp because <laughs> it's benefit it's benefit corporation yeah b for so benefit or oh, why not benefit. awesome corporation no because right? actually in some countries in europe they they, they have changed the law and you can actually uh, register a company as a benefit company, mm -hmm. as a legal entity. So it benefits something or someone? Benefit, benefit the world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's the general yeah. description yeah. of what a B Corp would be. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and three companies, that's very young. Yeah. I thought it would be yeah. a lot more. Yeah. No, that's why raising awareness here is important. Yeah. yeah. And the issue as I see it, there isn't an official B Lab here in the UA. I think that's probably something that we're all striving towards, but we need more businesses to go on that journey. It's all about awareness. You know, this is a movement that I guess has only been around for 12, 13 years uh, off the top of my head. You know, started by um, philanthropists in the US who wanted to sort of reverse the whole mindset that a director's sole purpose uh, in an organization is to create shareholder value. Whereas I think the B, B movement is all about generating stakeholder value. So looking yeah. at all components that your business impacts, because as I see it, even the best well-run companies and best intentions, a charity, for example, whether they like it or not, they have an impact, a negative impact on the environment, on people, but actually by following some of the uh, guidelines for B Corp. So is there a list of criteria that you have to kind of take off, uh, Esther? Yes, indeed. There's an um, online questionnaire, which is called the B-Impact Assessment. And, um, and it outlines... 
it outlines, it's online available. Okay. Okay. So everyone can enter it and create a profile and you get a questionnaire, which is tailored to what your company does, your industry, your size, where you're based. And you have to meet specific criteria in order to be able to submit that assessment and go under review by B-Lab to obtain the certification. And how long does this process usually go on for? Because that seems very extensive, extensive work. Yeah, it, but it has to be, right? Because you really want that certification to be valuable. So you have to really meet the standards and you have to prove that you meet the standards. So not everyone is able to achieve it or not every company. You really have to make an effort and you need to maybe change your structure and some of your ways of working. You also need to be ready to document all the good you're doing, etc. So it's not, it's not easy, but that's, of course, um, uh, why it's valuable. Okay. And also you have to be ready to be transparent. And what what happens is that not all the companies, whether they are a small, medium or large company, are willing to be transparent. And when we are talking about this part of the world, transparency is not something they are used to because there is no mandate and they must exactly. do that. So I was, I was actually, that was my next question was the mandate part, because I know you guys said it was set in, in, in the US. That was where mm-hmm. it came from, it originated from the US. But do you use the same same criteria for the US in the UAE as well? Or is it a different, because there's a different business structure in the UAE compared to the US, right? So, Correct. Really good question, actually. Um, well, actually here um, it's called emerging market. So when you do the company track, all the companies that are based in the UAE is emerging market, which B-Lab understands that um, there are some questions they cannot ask because they don't apply to emerging market situations. Questions, for example? Um, Like, for example, living wage. Um, It's an example. So living wage is not like minimum salary. Living wage is what a human needs to to survive, right? A shelter, food, just to to, to be alive, okay? In Europe, it's defined, usually by governments, what a living wage should be. Uh, Minimum living wage, sorry. And depends also on the city that you live Okay. okay, so for example, in Spain, depends on the city, the minimum living wage changes, right? It's different if you live in Barcelona than if you live in a town in the south of Spain. Mm. So is it Barcelona? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, so. All right, so, 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 and so that's, that's a tricky phase. So you guys as a consultancy help companies navigate that, that process, which is how do you go from, well, not being a B Corp to being a proper B certified company. Mm. And I can probably speak from first hand on the questions around how it differs from region to almost your business oh, model you as well. You are a B Corp. <clears throat> I completely forgot. No, I'm not officially a B Corp. We have submitted, thank you very much to uh, Esther and Uncle, I must add, who, because it was something I was quite passionate about from the start, having seen some amazing businesses. And actually, I took inspiration from, and our listeners won't be able to see, but you shamed me last week for having a single use <laughs> paper cup uh, for my coffee. So I very purposely brought in my reusable ocean bottle uh, coffee cup. Um, and these were the guys actually that actually inspired me with my business because let's face it two years ago the world didn't need another recruitment business but actually what I thought there was a gap in the market one was for something more impact driven and I sort of got to understand from the guys at Ocean Bottle Nick and Will the two co-founders as to how you can balance your purpose with profit and create a brand that is responsible in terms of its impact on people and the environment and got to know a bit about the B Corp certification and this global standards to sort of verify that your business meets the highest social and environmental standards and to have that sort of rubber stamp is something that gives you authority and credibility, I think, with your suppliers, your customers and so forth. So 
Yes, I'm not a B Corp yet. We've submitted back in March this year. Uh, and that was an intense three-month period uh, going through everything within the business. I was probably quite fortunate that the business is quite young. There wasn't a huge amount of operations. So for someone like my organization, which is quite small, it's fairly easy to go through the questioning. But for like large MNCs, dare I say it, like an, uh, like an espresso, for example, which you know we could probably come on to, their criteria and their assessment is far different to mine because the questioning will change. And I'm sure... Esther and Uncle probably have a view on that. So before so before we go on the Nespresso charge, uh, mm-hmm. it, so it, there's no limit to what company can sign up for a B Corp. So I can be a startup and, and register for a B Corp and I could be an MNC, a massive MNC and still set up a B Corp, right? So there's no limit to how long you've been in the business for. Uh, no, there's no limit. So every company can become a B Corp as long as they are a for-profit company uh, and not like a non-profit. So you need to be a for-profit company and uh, can be any size. Um, we would suggest as a consultant, we suggest to have like one, two, three years of operations, depending on the complexity of your operations, because it really is important to have a bit of a steady state of your operations, because when you submit the questionnaire to the time you're going to be audited, it's probably six months up or down, a few months. So what if if something changes within the six month of process that you have, obviously? So let's say, because I was just looking at the criteria for some of the things that you mentioned, like like you mentioned, it's how many full-time employees are paid a living wage. A living wage. So there's benefits, there's company contributions to the community, greenhouse gas offsets, management of customer data, supply chains, legal issues. Um, what is something changes? What one of the barriers changes while you've already submitted your um what your proposal or what's the word I'm using? Here? Uh once you've submitted your application. Application, yeah, so yeah. that's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, once you submit your application, you said it takes about six months, right, for them to do a proper audit. What if something changes? What if my greenhouse gas offsets improve at this point? Can I, can I rectify that? Or is it once it's put in, it's done? Well, once you've submitted, it's kind of recorded, okay. right? So if, you, if there are any changes in your operations which um, change the answers to the questions, then you would need to disclose this as part of the review process with BLAB. And potentially the points would be adjusted. So um, it's a point system in the BIA. So let's say your greenhouse gas improves um, or your, let's say your um, initiatives, you have put more initiatives in place to lower your carbon footprint. Potentially they would accept this to get you a higher score. But also they might also deduct some points uh, because you have not sufficient evidence of your impact on specific initiatives or um, they don't satisfy their criteria. Okay. So there's a there's a rating system, right? So it's out of 100 or 200 or whatever, and the, each, each criteria gets a... Yeah, what's the minimum yes. entry uh, for approval? It's 80 points. Yeah. 80 so points. 80 points is um, you pass the certification okay. and you pass the assessment. However, it's wise to submit your assessment when you have, let's say... 20% more than you actually need to pass. Okay, so just just to make sure that there's no... You have a little buffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, and, and this is just, it's an interesting conversation for me, right? Because, um, and do you renew your, B, B, this, your application every year? Every three years. Okay. All right, so you've basically, so now this is where 
the tricky part of the conversation comes in because I have a couple of questions here. Mm. So if it's for three years, right? So I've done my bit. I've got my B Corp. For the next three years, what's stopping me? I know I have to apply again. I know I have to apply again. But what's stopping me from, you know, Going. fudging my numbers up <laughs> a little bit, right? Wow. See, this is the... When, when B, B Corp started, they thought companies will actually go through the process because they wanted to generally be better for the world, right? Like you start with an idea without thinking that someone is going to cheat the system. Yeah, let's put it this way. Um, and and that's how it started. And, you know, Patagonia, which everybody knows, mm. is a Bicor for a long time and it's a, a great advocate of um, Bicor certification, is there for the right reasons. I would say the majority of companies are there for the right reasons. And when you make the changes, because there are a lot of changes and implementations that you have to, to put in place into your company, I really don't think people are going to go and delete everything because it doesn't make sense. It's process-based, it's operational-based, it's HR-based, and, and it's your sustainability plan of the company, right? Now, say that there have been companies that maybe they have um, not followed through some of, in some of the areas. And because it's so transparent, they mm. had had, for example, employees complaining Right. And then B-Lab immediately raises an investigation and takes the certification away. And that's that we you probably know this better than I, but there was yeah. the recent example, I think, in the last 12 months with BrewDog, uh, the beer company in the UK, actually, which was exposed that uh, some of the staff had made various complaints about certain practices. Um, some of them, I think, are potentially still or have been either proven or disproven in court. So we can't sort of speak too openly about it. Uh, but that was probably <laughs> yeah. a good example where B-Lab got wind of obviously a huge issue within a, within a business that was a certified B Corp and then very quickly investigated it there and then. And I think actually, if I'm not mistaken, they're no longer a B Corp. And I don't know if that was a part of a, they lost it or uh, BrewDog decided to walk away from it. But th that's where, you know, as you say, you know, you can be certified for three years, but it, there's still a bit of a, a check and authority there that if there's any sort of, you know, uh, malpractice, then it will come down on you. Yeah, and on top of this, maybe um, to add more information for people that does not know how the B Corp certification works, once you become B Corp certified, um, one of the mandates is that you need to communicate this in all your communications. So your website, for example, you have to pledge what is your impact. I mean, a great example is your website. Maybe you, you want to give a summary of what you had to change. So everybody knows. It's publicly known. It's publicly information known. Also, the report is seen by everybody. Okay, the, the highlights, not all the answers of all the questions, right? So anyone could go and say, okay, well, this is not actually true. And they can raise a complaint, right? So it's not like all the information is confidential. It's publicly open to everybody. Okay, I like that. Public shaming, I like that. It's uh, <laughs> well, well, no, it's a big, it's a big thing because yeah. if you don't call the MNCs out, because uh, we were, because it's funny, we, Ben and I were talking about this, I think just a couple of days ago, where someone, we saw this post on LinkedIn where they said, individual actions don't count for anything, right? So we can keep saying, hey, don't bring your coffee cup, uh, buy, you know, get, get a reusable bottle and all of this. But it comes down to the corporates because they are the ones who generate the most waste, mm -hmm. the most carbon, uh, well, emissions, emissions, right? They create all of these problems. So they, they, it comes down to solving that problem first. And this is where you guys come in, go to a corporate and say, look, this is what you're doing wrong. And that's where the consultancy part comes in, right? You help them navigate through the B Corp. Exactly. And if I can just comment to that, that's, that's why B Corp is so powerful, right? Because it's not only 
about the certification, but it's also about the assessment itself because it's available online for free. Every company can go there and use it as a framework to become a better company. You don't, of course, it's great if you have the ambition and want to get the certification, but you can use it as a tool to identify gaps in your business where you could actually improve and then set up an action plan to close these gaps. And then maybe at some point you're ready for certification, which is very motivating for everyone involved. So I just read recently that almost 250 50,000 companies are actually using the B impact assessment wow. for this type of ESG measurement and reporting. So that's that's great, right? Um, it's not only about the certification, it's the power this framework gives you as a company to be to be to improve. Like and also, flipping on his head as well, it's not just the negative. I mean, it's exposing all of the malpractices, consciously or unconsciously. But actually, what I found quite rewarding from it personally was actually looking at the good and going, consciously or unconsciously, we were doing X, Y, and Z in terms of the supplies we were using locally based community. Uh, like our suppliers were, I think, over 40%. The placements that we made as a business were over 55% from underserved backgrounds. So even though it's there to sort of, you know, monitor, improve the business, it's also quite a rewarding exercise to actually look back at the impact you've made as a business, again, consciously or unconsciously to then sometimes, you know, this is where it becomes quite interesting in the context of sustainability is also recognizing the bad, but also looking at where you where you're continually making impact as a business and rewarding yourself in that. Remember those moments because in a world of noise where it feels like doom and gloom, the road to cop, this huge expectation is taking those small wins and looking at the positive and building on from that rather than, you know, I, I'm sure I'm not sort of, you know, sticking my head in the sand, so to speak. Um, but, you know, obviously sort of recognizing the small wins and, and continuous improvement. That's what I quite like for the for the B assessment personally. And how extensive is this? Because if if I'm guessing this is, you said up to six months to 12 months of extensive work where you're looking at data, you're looking at supply chain, you're looking at operations, you're looking at employee uh, management, right? How extensive is that? Sure, that's one. But also how extensive is it? Because what if, what if, right, you can't afford it, right? As a staff, for example, as a startup, for a lot of startups that come up, sure, they get funding. Let's say they get funding, right? And that funding is already based on, let's say, a 12-month runway, which is we need to get more clients, we need to do this. B Corp doesn't land up in a, in a high list of priorities there because, what well, should we spend X amount of money on this and get it done? Sure, eventually you might get more business from it, right? Which is great. But just from a startup's perspective, how do you go, how do you justify that cost? I'm not even sure how much the cost is, by the way. So the cost is based on your revenue and that is only applying. Basically, it only starts costing you real money after you certified um, because the tool is for free. And okay. of course, what is um, maybe monetary factor in some ways that you have to invest time. Right, which as a startup in the end is money. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yep. not only for a startup, for every business in essence. Um, but as a startup, you maybe have even less time. So um, that's the normally the crunch point for startups is they don't have just the capacity to just do it. Um, so our recommendation usually is for startups to go in and do the assessment. That might take them maybe an afternoon with. You know, if the whole team could be there, that would be ideal. And then they get an understanding where they are and actually they get ideas about their business, how they can maybe be a better business, which could help them also 
marketing themselves, maybe getting their value across in a better way that it hits certain points, which also investors would like to see. Like, how do you communicate your values, keeping the SDGs in mind, for example? So the assessments helps you with that. And it also shines a light on what maybe you want to improve. So that's that's the situation for startups. Just do it and it will really help you. Maybe the certification can do it, come at some point, but just do the assessment to get that value out of it. I think for larger businesses, the process could be potentially longer if they want to obtain the certification because they're more set in their ways and how they do things. So making changes takes time. So of course, changes can happen within, I don't know, also two or three months. Maybe your business is already very prepared in the sense of the B Corp criteria. And then you just submit and you have all the evidence anyway, because you're like a super professionally run impact business with a great mission. And then you could be done. Exactly. <laughs> within uh, in a unicorn in the sustainability sense, maybe. Mm. Um, you could be done within two months. Okay. And any barriers, if any? I mean, obviously you've listed, I can see barriers to you as a, as a company. Let's say I am a MNC and I really want to get certified, right? What barriers would I face, right? Because obviously, let's say I'm, I don't have the data collection. What kind of barriers do you face as a company when you're, set, when you're trying to get the application sorted out? So it depends how many years have you been on operations, right? So let's assume this company has been in year three years of operations, okay, to make it easy. First barrier is you have set up systems, right, that you most likely have to redesign because maybe some of these systems, because you don't have the, the KPIs or you're not collecting the data properly, right, you need to change it. Right. Um, that's why B-Lab always say, please submit certification within two years of operations, because the longer you wait, as Esther was saying, the more set up on your ways you are, right, and the more changes you have to do. So I would say it's a change. How ready are you for the change? Okay. How much time do you have for the change? Okay. How much money do you have for the implementation? Right? That's the basic barrier. But if you really want to do it, you can do it. Okay. And we are seeing more and more interest. I was saying, okay, I just really need to do that. Because a lot of companies don't have a sustainability plan or they have, they want to achieve these ESG goals and they don't know really how to go in it, right? Like they touch some points, like environmental, the environmental part usually comes more as a common sense for them because it's like, let's do recycle, let's do, you know, uh, water filtration in the office. Um, the social part comes a little bit unknown for them, right? So the framework gives you that guidance, okay? What, what I need to do, which these are the steps and these are the benchmarks, these are the the goals that I want to achieve. So uh, at the end of the day, the, the barriers, you put it to yourself, right? Like, are you ready for this or not? Well, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I, th I think that's just the core kind of conversation about sustainability is, right? It's, it's, are you putting the barriers yourself or are these barriers that are being created by someone else, right? Because if you really want to be sustainable, you can. I like the idea of the framework as well, because this is a conversation that I have with people on a regular basis is why are you cutting off plastic? For example, oh, we're going to cut plastic bottles from the thing. But why? What's your reason as to why you want to do this, right? Or I'm, we are going, like you said, to a water filtration system. But why? I, my favorite question has always been why. And I think with the B Corp, that's interesting because that's what they ask you is why are you doing this? Why do you think this is the correct way forward for you? Um, and even, like you said, even if you don't actually 
get certified, just the framework of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what we tell a lot of our clients. Like certification is the cherry on top, right? Let's, if you're ready for the change, let's start adapting the Bico framework into your business model. And we tell them, you know, sustainability is a new disruptor and it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. People thought, oh, yeah, this is something it will go away. No, no, it's not going away. Right? It is here to stay. So are you ready to start the change now or you want to wait? It's up to you. The more you wait, the harder it's going to be. Well, that's it. I think exactly what we've been discussing through this podcast, I guess, is, you know, consumers are more awake now. And there's more, you know, this is the first time I think in our history where everyone goes to work or is at home and has this sort of shared concern before it was financial crisis. Before after that, it was, you know, the tech disruption. What does this mean for for jobs and lives and, and so forth? Whereas now in the context of climate change, whether you're a a denier or a believer, this is the first time when we all have a shared concern for our future generations to ensure that you know, there is no planet B, as the expression goes. So this is... <laughs> There's a pun there. <laughs> Didn't even mean that one. Yeah. But this is why I love the, the B Corp movement, because it's inclusive for anyone. And, you know, you don't have to submit for the for submitting sake. It, as Esther and Hunkel very clearly identify, you know, it's to be on that journey to be more aware. And, you know, it exposes things maybe in your business that you're not proud of, but you want to be better at. And that's what for me, it found, felt like it almost feels like a competition now for each year to demonstrate how can I go further? How can I improve the business? Because that, in, in my view, and I've seen it as a, as a trend for many companies that are B Corp certified to attract talent, to retain talent. People want to work for businesses that are doing good for society and for people and planet. Uh, so not only is it the responsible and the right thing to do, actually from a business, it doesn't mean that and again, it's all about balancing purpose and profit. You can have an impact-driven business that is purposeful, yet still be profitable. And it's proven, I think, in the US, businesses that are B Corp certified, um, their share price is higher. Not necessarily saying that they're a better performing company in terms of they have an amazing product, but it actually means they have true governance in place. And also, many investors now are looking for it as well. So for you, Jazz, you know, as a, as a startup scale-up that's maybe looking for outside investment eventually, having... B Corp or demonstrating that you're on a journey by using the B assessment. Investors are looking for this now because, uh, again, it shows that you're responsible. You know, there's more impact investors today. And yeah, people want to invest in businesses that are relevant for the future. That is a that opens up a couple of questions for me right now, right? Mm-hmm. So, which is, uh, again, this is this is from from all the fiction that I read, but who watches the watchers, right? That's a big question that I ask. Now, with B Corp, do they do they go do they do an internal assessment of themselves as well? Be like, are these questions up to the standards that we should be asking? Does the assessment get improved on a regular basis? Great question. That's the actually key point. Um, so the standards are actually under review at the moment. Um, because um, there's some realization that they might need to evolve because time is also evolving and the environment is evolving. And um, if you look at the legislative environment around ESG, particularly there's uh, huge changes within the past, I'd say, 18 months. Uh, If you look at the US, if you look at Europe, lots of new laws being, let's say, formalized, finalized, implemented. So this has to be reflected. And B Corp has been undergoing a review of their standards for, I'd say, maybe the past year or a little bit longer. And the review is still ongoing. So maybe uh, in a year's time or so, we will see new revised standards, which businesses have to meet. How, how does that impact a business that's already in process of using the old assessment though? 
So, yeah, so from what I understand at the moment is um, the old standards, if you submit it with the old standards, then it's fine. You're going to be assessed based on the old standards. But like if you recertify then in three years, you will have to meet the new standards. So it's probably better just to wait for a bit and then wait for the new standards to come in and then apply or, or do you... It depends. I don't think personally I wouldn't make it dependent on the standards because we we have a bit of an idea what might be coming, but it's all, it's it's not super concrete yet. So I would say if you think you're ready now, then go for it. Brilliant, brilliant. Talking about... Um, revisiting standards, right? This is, this is, sorry, uh, this is the one that I was really excited about because this is what the initial conversation for the podcast was, is, you know, traveling through the muddy waters of sustainability. Now, with with sustainability, with any sustainability initiative, there's a aspect of greenwashing in place, right? And B Corp, as great as they've been, <laughs> as great as they've been. I like how Esther <laughs> just passed on. We're the not mic. recording this on video, but yeah. everyone's crawling into the corner slowly. <laughs> but but with 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 P Corp as well, we've got some claims of greenwashing, and one of the biggest examples was Nespresso, right? Where they I think it was their farms or something along the farms where people weren't treated properly came up into play. Well, not I'm not going to count. I'm not going to talk about the obviously the completely irresponsible coffee pods that they have, right? But but how, well, that's a big conversation around B Corp. Like if someone like Nespresso can go through, how do you, you know, <laughs> how do I phrase this question in a nice way, right? How do you navigate that part of the conversation? Because what if I come up to you and say, well, look at Nespresso, how am I supposed to trust this if Nespresso can? Is that one of the reasons why B Corp is going through a, a revisit on their own application systems? Is that one of the reasons? Um... Well, I think the main reason is because sustainability is evolving, right? You you make some questions like uh, the question, you know, like five years ago, and obviously something that made for a company was really hard to achieve, which was like to to recycle. Or, or, or now it's everybody's doing it, and not because you're doing it, you should be become B Corp certified, right? And and I think they're realizing that, and obviously the you know, backlash on the media. But this is what happens, you know, when you only have 400 companies before, no one talks about you. When you start becoming, you have 6,000 and something more companies, you're more people, I start talking about you. Now, 60% of the B Corp certifies are actually small enterprises. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, to become certified as a multinational, it takes a long time process. When we went through the um, training, they tell you that, right? We cannot do that. It goes through the B-Lab. They have a team that work together with that multinational. Example, this this case, Nespresso. Now, the conversations that went through during those three years, we don't know, okay? But what we know is that what they found, okay, or how the operations were run to what Nespresso is now, has been a great improvement. The B Corp doesn't like going to a company and say, you are bad, they don't like. It's like, okay, you could do better. Okay, let's, we are going to help you to do better. So it's like when you do decarbonization initiatives, right? A company knows that they are polluting because their factories are polluting, right? And they said, okay, what can we do to do better, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes they say, okay, well, we cannot put solar panels because it's too expensive, but we can do other initiatives, right? So kind of what I think, and I believe because does with these multinationals, is like, what can we do better? And actually, if you go to the Nespresso website, they have a pledge there of, you know, how they are giving back to community, 
right? Um, how they are trying to be better for the world. So let's put it this way. I believe Nespresso is a better company today for the environment than what it was before getting certified. And if you agree with that, right, then, then we are in the right track. Yeah. It's a process over results, right? Process, process. over end results. Yeah. As I said, as a multinational, to get certified is a really long process. So I think, I think this is what I was getting. I, I don't think B Corp is the, is the issue. I think they're a very good, free, like you said, a framework to get your, your priorities and your directions in place. But I think it's, it's, you'll always find someone trying to break the system. And that is what I wanted to come at is, is how, does it, how does the B Corp or B Labs, is, I think that's what you mentioned, the, the, the whole... The, body, yeah. Yeah, how do they kind of navigate? I know you said they work on the process, right? But there's nothing stopping a corporate from saying they would do this and using B Corp as a, you know, as, as, as a shoulder to shoot your gun on. But it's just, how, do you, how does a B Corp navigate that conversation or B Labs navigate that conversation? By working with the company and requesting evidence. So they have to, to they, they have yeah, to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As part of the assessment, yeah. it's not just enough to answer the questions, which is very easy because primarily it's basically a toggle. You yeah. know, you just say yes, no, and then sometimes you have to fill in some explanation. But it's really in the evidencing part where you have to put the work in. Um, uh, documentation needs to be provided, underlining and validating what you're doing. You also have to um, explain how you're doing things. So it's very thorough process. Yeah. Do you do you think do you think it's probably better if you decrease the process of renewal? So instead of three years make it every 18 months, for example. Would that, would that change the thought process? Because... So, so, so after submission, okay, it takes like maybe six to eight months for them to do the review process, right? So when you think about the three years, it's not so, so long because you get certified, right? And if, if you want it, you know, on time, right? So you don't want to lose that certification before the third year is completed, you have to resend all the evidence again. Right? Oh, wow. That's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. Mm. So, but no, because once you have done it once and you have continued doing, you know, all the process the same, the changes should be minimum. So it should be like, okay, I went from 20 employees to 100 employees, but the compensation is the same, but I have improved in my areas of the workers. So you will add, usually companies will add more impact, positive impact measures that they have adapted during that time, that not, right? And, and also this is, this is very important. And I, I, again, going back to your question, you have to understand is like, uh, what if Nespresso promised that they are going to do something and they are not doing it? Well, it doesn't really work like this. They have to have done for a year, right? And there has to be KPI of the impact already, right? So again, one will assume that if you have gone through the effort to implement something, for a year, you're not going to all Waste of this effort. exactly yeah, yeah. Of, of taking it out. Right? Okay, okay. So it's it's more. Uh, it's also the the public shaming of losing a B Corp certification That's that it, gets yeah. you continuous improvement. And you yeah. want to we want you can see each year your historical data and point scoring. So if you certify with like say eighty five, come to the review process. If it's going down, people will start questioning that. You say, well, it shouldn't be going down. You should be going up. So there's that public transparency there. Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a key part of the conversation, right? What what next for B Corps? Like, what's what's next? Like, what's the what's the aim here in this market for you when it comes to B Corps? So our goal is to um, work with more companies on their B Corp certification and hopefully see more B Corps in the region, and ultimately um, getting maybe a B Lab here for the Middle East. That yeah. would be great. Yeah, 
The, the first step is to become uh, market builders. And for that, um, be core global have to say, okay, we are interested in this market. The first criteria is how many B Corps they have in the market, right? Um, the second step will be like they will raise an interest who wants to become a market builder. We got the, the other day the criteria, right? It's kind of a pitch that you have to do. But in other countries like Singapore, it works better when a few, for example, uh, you know, we, we go together with Ben and, and another big Corp companies and, you know, we say, okay, we're going to become market builders, which is raising awareness on the movement, you know, and um, trying to, to, to help the movement here. You know, and then after that, they say, okay, now we are going to open a big lab because at the end of the day, it's funded by them. Okay. One, one, one more question on this part of the thing, right? Which is a lot of the companies here have base in, for example, in other countries, right? So if you've got a company, let's, let's use, let's use, um, one of the recruitment, big recruitment firms that are here. McCabe and Partners. McCabe and Partners. McCabe and Partners, <laughs> yeah. Or let's, let's, let's use slightly smaller ones. Michael Page, for example, right? Um, sorry, I just made, my, made myself laugh here. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but so let's, let's, so if, if Michael Page, they have, a, they have the head office in a different country, right? Does that not negate your efforts? Because if they've already applied for B Corp at the head office, they don't have to do that here, right? That depends on the corporate structure, actually. Um, and I can give you an example. If you look at the B Corp Finder online, which is a great tool on the B Corp website, you can find all B Corps listed there um, uh, and details about the results they achieved as part of the certification, so their score. And if you type in Danone, um, which is a big multinational company, um, you will find a lot of country subsidiaries certified. Mm. Oh. So you, it really depends on your corporate structure, how the certification will be granted and how you are eligible to answer the questions. And that is something you would need to have to discuss uh, with B-Lab directly, ideally um, in the country where the headquarter is. Okay. So, so the other day we, we met with someone that is interested in becoming BCOP certified. And the reason they, they, they want to go through the process is because their headquarters in France is going through the process. And they have asked all the subsidiaries because they cannot do it as a group. Right. Mm -hmm. So they said, you need to do it individually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Pretty extensive stuff there. That's it. So your organizational structures, what will bear the outcome, I guess. Yeah. So the larger you are, the harder it is. Mm. That's why the 60% of V-Corps are, you know... Um, a medium-sized, uh, yeah, medium-sized business. Medium Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great business tool for them. It's a great marketing tool for them as well, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's more the benefits associated with it in terms of awareness. I think, you know, I can tell you how amazing my company is and you could do the same for Recycle. What makes you different? Why should I work for you? Why should we engage with you as a supplier? Well, actually, we have, for, let's say, for Re. We take the waste problem, we process it, we do something, we ensure it doesn't go to landfill. That's a great story in itself. But why else? There's a number of different other companies that do this. Well, actually, we're, we, we consider our suppliers very well. We treat our staff. Everyone gets a living wage. Oh, and we're a B Corp certified business as well. So it's like, there's your sort of certified authority. I can tell you how wonderful I am. But with the backing and the sort of certification, that rigorous process that B, as I understand it, the B assessment goes through, that's your validation as well. So that's how 
I thought for me personally as a business owner, I should be thinking more responsible. I want to be doing more as a business. And actually, when I'm looking to work with you know, my customers, my suppliers, that's you know, what I feel would demonstrate why they would want to work with me. Not I can tell you how wonderful I am, but having that sort of certification. So it is a value proposition. Exactly. Love it. All right, so you get to say, oh, we, we do ABCD, but we also make sure... XYZ happens yeah. behind the scenes and, and we are set. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, and if you look at any amazing organizations that are B certified, let's say a um, Patagonia, for example, you go through their website, everyone knows they're a B Corp, but you don't know about it until the end. They, you look at their mission, they're almost like an activism business. You know, they're all about uh, awareness around the environment and the planet. So it's dang, 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 dang. Oh, we're a clothing business. Oh, and we're a B Corp. So it's, you know, showing people that. And then obviously the, the actual certification comes at the end. So... It's demonstrating and validating your claims linked to your mission and vision as a business. Yeah, and, and, and Ben's website, I think for any listener, will be great to go to your website and understand. <laughs> Shame. Changes... That you can come back again next week, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but with changes you have to do, right? Because now he has in the menu impact and he has an impact report on everything. You know, you, you're being positive impact in the environment. And oh, and yes. That's it. I don't know if I had to look. <laughs> no, no, that's great. Thank yeah, you. No, no, I know. I, I make I make a small appearance in Ben's uh, impact report. You do actually. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There's some, yeah, yeah, some from the community. It's good yeah. to see. But, but no, this is this is good. I think I think um, it gives me a small base in terms of understanding what a B Corp is. Did I miss anything? Did I miss anything? Is there something you guys want to touch points mm. on before? No, no. But my question to you is, um, <laughs> what have Okay, so before we started, you had like a preconceived idea of FICO certification yeah. and the process. Have you learned something? Have you, you know, these, what, what are your thoughts after this and conversation? The, the potty becomes the... Well, thank you very much, everyone. It's yes. been great to see you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, it, it did, it did. I, I, I have, I'm a, I'm a cynic by nature. Yeah. Right? I know so, that. Yes, I yes, I'm a, I'm a cynic by nature. I, I tend to see the good, but I also to be like you know what people are bad in general so I think it did answer a couple of questions the framework was was a really good eye-opening base I think even the greenwashing conversation that we had I think it, it, you guys touched you guys touched base on it properly showed me you know what it's, it's not the company and rather focus on the result you focus on the process if the process is not as good then yes you can question the thing so I think yes there's a Big part of me that wants to start this, unfortunately, as Esther mentioned, first up, it's just time, right? I do, how can I split my time in a way where I can make sure that I'm following some of the frameworks? But yes, I, I think it's a very interesting conversation that I need to have beyond the mic uh, once we once we shut down and Definitely. see how we can take this forward. But yeah, it did change my view by ten percent. So our mission was accomplished. Yes, <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully, people listening to this podcast. You know, they they also change their thought process on on what uh, a B Corp is. Yeah. And if we, if listeners do want to um, look you guys up, where where can they find you? Well, on LinkedIn, we're both on LinkedIn, of course, and we have a website, kadira.eco. Um, just get in touch, and we'd be very happy to have a chat. That's Kadira. That's K H A D E E R A. Did I spell it wrong? Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Should have just left it to you guys. We'll right. put them in the show notes, but it's... Yes. K-A-D-I-R-A. 
I was close. Kadira, that's, uh, that's an Arabic word, right? Yeah, well, the name came actually. I know some more Arabic speakers now, they will be no, no. But we, <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just wanted to green in Arabic, but it was more burdened, you know, burdened, the type of, of green, right? Yeah. In Arabic. And you don't spell it like this, but when you, you put it in Google Translate, it's just like how they are, you know, something like that. And we like the name and then we Google it. And yeah, apparently in India is this leaf also, right? Um, Steph, um, when we Google what you meant. She looked at me, I have no idea. So, <laughs> no, no. I have no idea. And then we, when we Google, we did the whole process. We did it ourselves. We didn't okay. hire anyone to do the name for us, but we wanted something different. And yeah, we thought, yeah, if someone else is Perdan in Arabic and in India is this, is this leaf, you know, so all related to nature. Nice. Brilliant. Um, well, thank you very much for coming on, ladies. It's been uh, really insightful to get a, hopefully a, a good lens on what does B Corp mean. And hopefully our listeners will find that very, very useful. Keep up the great work. I know you've got some other stuff you're working on with Optus. Uh, so you're clearly both very, very busy at the moment. So yeah, uh, big, big thank you for on, my, on myself and also for Jazz. It's been great having you both here. Thank you. Thank you, Jasmine. <laughs> thank you so much for opening my eyes to what a B Corp can do. And hopefully people, like Ben said, hopefully learn something new. And if you guys are looking for guidance, Kadira, 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 what is it on LinkedIn? Sorry, Kadira. 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 Sorry, my pronunciation was really bad there. But (laughs) but we're going to put the links down in the show notes. In the show notes, yes. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, you guys. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Rethinking Sustainability podcast. Drop a follow to never miss an episode. For more information on ourselves, there's a link in the show notes. See you next time.